Welcome to Atypical, an offbeat take on news in the addiction recovery field. I'm co-host Mary Crocker-Cook from the San Jose City College Alcohol and Drug Studies Program. And I'm Gary Montreza, co-host, executive director of Pathways Society in San Jose. MC oh, Squared. That's right. Come on. GMO. 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 All right, there you go. Our purpose is to both educate and entertain with recent news stories about addiction field. We've set our podcast up in sections that include drugs, news, an ethics challenge, and prevention. In fact, I'm going to start off with our first section. Why would you use that to get high? Why would you do that? And Gary, guess what today is? I have no idea. It is motion sickness pills. <laughs> Motion sickness pills. A study from the Neuroscience and Biobehavioral Review notes that Dramamine, okay, demihydrinate, may be abused for recreational purposes, as well as by psychiatric patients seeking relief from their symptoms. In fact, the organization Consumer Med Safety notes that that this is one of the top five over-the-counter medications likely to be abused by teens and young adults. Now, that gives us today's slang opportunity, Gary. Well, okay, here we go. It's not just a theater dro- a joke, right? No, here Drama we go. Me. Today's slang is it's, pe- it's people on the street call call Dramamine dime, dime tabs, dime. DQ, substance D, D house, or drams. Drams? You know what I call it? What do you call it? Throw. A thro- <laughs> throw. Up. Yeah, I call it throw. <laughs> So you heard it here first, GMO, <laughs> through the throw. I just well, threw it down. Well, today we have to find a way to use it in a sense. Okay. Spoken. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in. Dime tabs may be taken at dosages of 800 to 1250 milligrams to produce a hallucinogenic effect. May also be taken in combination with alcohol to produce a sedative effect, which causes a heightened risk of dangerous side effects. In fact, some people have misused DQ to self-medicate due to its anti-anxiety effect. No and kidding. its calming effect is due to its sedative properties, which can be appealing among people, particularly who have um, anxiety disorders. Um, actually, Dramamine can cause dizziness, sedation, lightheadedness, all of which can get worse with the intentional overdose or misuse. Um, alcohol and opiates in conjunction with it can also make it worse, and that leads to the risk of overdose because D-House does carry a risk of overdose. Um, chest pain, over sedation, convulsions, Jeez. seizures, tremors, elevated heartbeat, loss of consciousness. And that's just not watching the news. No, that, that is taking, that's taking a dime tab there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to offer a testimonial from today's Urban Dictionary. Okay. okay? <laughs> go good, go go. Okay, Dramamine motion sickness medicine that you can buy over the counter for a couple bucks is really easy to lift, too. When you take more than the recommended dosage, it Fs you up. You take 10 to 15 of them, you'll probably be really tired and quiet and forget everything you're saying. You'll see that everything around you starts to morph slightly. You can become really scared of loud noises. Also, at 15 to 20, you will probably have all the effects. Plus, before, you would likely hear voices in your head and you might start hallucinating. If you take 20 to 25, you will have lots of voices in your head and you'll start talking to them. And you don't know if what you heard is the people with you or the voices in your head. And you could possibly start seeing people and the people you you, you see look really realistic and it seems really normal to you. 25 and up, you turn into a brain-dead zombie and all of your common sense is completely gone and you act like a complete lunatic. So our Urban Dictionary says, you can try Dramamine, but I wouldn't do it more than a couple times because it Fs your brain up. 
I'm not positive, but I heard it doesn't just kill brain cells. It actually eats holes in the lining of your brain. Yeah. So I think you should just stick with illegal drugs because they are way less harmful. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that is today's advice, advice from, from the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Give up your stick rap career, by the way. The You're not going to work on rap. It's not, stick with the illegals. Yeah. Stick with the illegals. Yeah. They're better for your brain. What about your liver? It's the first thing I was thinking. So that's today's offering, Gary. So thank you for that. That is today's, in case you were thinking of boating anytime soon. Boating. Yeah, yeah pay attention. I, pay attention. Getting on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> I see pilots everywhere. And how many you, you know. take. <laughs> and then do you think there's some lab, there's a, like this dark, you know, velvet lab somewhere where there's a bunch of teens just laying around going... What can we try? Yeah, pass me a dime tab. Let's try it. Well, I know. Let's try a bunch of drama. <laughs> I, I mean, how did they get there? 15. How yeah. did they get there? It is amazing, isn't it? I, just, okay, but I can see this one more than some of the others. You know, like the, like the. I don't know how anybody ever thought of using, what was the first time we ever did the mothballs? Wow. I don't know how anybody got there. But this one I could see. Because you could be already on Dramamine, <clears> take <throat> some alcohol, and notice, hey, oh. I'm starting to feel a little funny. I see. I know. What if I took more? So I could see how this could happen. Well, I'm still traumatized by the, the uh, vodka tampon. <laughs> that one, I still... <laughs> If we ever have, we ever fortunate to ever have an archive. <laughs> that one we got to. That is that one, one of out. your favorites. No, okay. no, no still, <laughs> You want to leave it out? No, I got to leave that out. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, let, I mean, okay. if, that's horrifying. Uh, yeah, and I have another one. For Always you thinking, of you. thinking of you. Okay. Me. Yeah, that's why I love you. So, uh, okay. So let's let's shift into our next section: news and addiction. Okay. And, and this one is a focus on, well, it's from the Washington Post, and the title is "Unwise and Unnecessary." Oh, that's the title. Yes. Okay. But I won't give you the rest of it. Have you ever... Do you have your wisdom teeth still? No, I do not. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did, they had them out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And I, I, and do you regret it? Yeah, I lost Did, did you feel wisdom. you lose... I know. It's, it's, it's over with. I feel cheated. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in my day, and, and, and I can say maybe in your day yeah, too, yeah. Um, getting your wisdom teeth out was kind of like carpentry. It was just like one step above carpentry. <laughs> wouldn't you say? It was kind of a lot of... You know, with the sawing about saws and <laughs> chipping it away, and you know, I remember like, wow, well, it was kind of a heavy duty. Yeah, it was a big surgery. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it was. Do, do you remember what they gave you after the surgery? Oh, they gave me a lot. In fact, they gave me um, opiates that I promptly threw up because Are you kidding? yes, I got Percodan, and I promptly barfed it everywhere. Yeah, I couldn't take. How long ago did you have these out as a kid? No. Oh, as an adult. As adult. Oh, I had them out as a kid. You had your wisdom teeth out as a kid? Typically in wow, the Wow, normally that's 18, an adult thing. 19, yeah. you get them out. Okay. And in my day, they did not give you Percocet. Oh, you didn't get Percocet. Okay. No, and they gave you Percocet. Well, guess what I this article is about? What? MC Squared. What? It is about wisdom teeth. Okay. And the role of prescription painkillers. And this is a story about a mom who kind of stumbled onto her son getting, you know, he's younger. He's yeah. 19, getting him that out at that age. And um, he got a prescription. He didn't use it. He didn't feel he needed it. He just took ibuprofen oh. and Tylenol, um, okay. which is what I did when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and she found a whole bottle of uh, Percocet. Oh. In the, the unused, of oh, course. Oh, the unused, okay. Uh, in the bathroom. And so 
she had no idea that you know the, her 19-year-old son was prescribed you know Percocet, mm -hmm. and that dentists seemed to have no idea that they'd be also part of the article here helping feed the epidemic that resulted in a record 70,000 you know U.S. drug overdoses in 2017. Wow, as we know, wow, as we've covered on this program we have here, this very program, and we've gotten letters from all kinds of people. Yeah, absolutely, and we're going to get one after this one. Too, oh, okay. I can tell. So, uh, as you know, most Americans are more likely now at this point to, to die of an overdose, yes. of an opioid mm -hmm. overdose, than in a car accident. So, it turns out that dentists uh, are a prime uh, suspect in propagating opioids with teens. With teens? With teens. I'll be darned. Yeah, and so, uh, and it's a, it's a real problem. It's a public health issue here. Wow. So, Here's the thought, too, you know, around um, wisdom teeth. So it's almost like a rite of passage. Apparently, you had yours much later. Yeah. But uh, having your wisdom teeth, wisdom teeth out, said Andrew um, Cold, Colodine, who mm -hmm. directs opioid treatment research at Brandeis, not a slouchy No, not at all. The aggressive prescribing of opioids to adolescents may be why we're in an epidemic. I'll be darned. That is brutal, a brutal statement. So... You know, I guess apparently with you, uh, having it done in the modern era, um, you got Percocet. I did. And that's pretty amazing. And that's how I discovered that I would never be an opiate addict. Yeah, It made too. me it so makes sick. Me sick. It makes me I could sick. not take it. Yeah, I cannot uh, mm -mm. do it at all. And back, and back in the day, you know, having brothers, it was always about who can tough it out the most. Oh. You know? No, just cauterize it. I know the thing is gone. It's, it's okay. It. Just, it's all right. It's good. Hand me the torch. Yeah. We have one. <laughs> Even though they hurt like hell, you know. Of course. Of course, we had one brother that whimpered, whimpered like a dog. But, oh. But it was just better just to try to try to write it out, so okay. I wouldn't want to take anything. Anyhow. Okay. So anyhow, in in the Journal of uh, American, the the Journal of the American Dental Association observed that dentists prescribe 12% of pain-killing opioids, just behind family doctors. So you know they're at 15%. Dentists are right behind. Okay. Them in terms of the number of folks, uh, the percentage of opioids they're prescribing. And do they get any training in dental school about uh, addiction? Apparently not. And okay. what's really interesting about this is that it's really the anti-inflammatories that work best. Mm -hmm. And so this is not even the appropriate treatment, really. Uh, That's true, huh? Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. Dentists and oral surgeons are the number one prescribers of opioids to teenagers. Okay. What's so disturbing is that it's so unnecessary. Wow. So as as I know, it was. Okay. Again, Advil, Tylenol, that's yeah. the best thing to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> the thing here is there's a recent research that talked about dispensing of opioids mm -hmm. really um, causing extractions, I should say, creating a high risk of addiction with teens. Yes. So okay. check this out. So parents need to pay attention. Pay attention. Six. Here's part of the study. 6% of almost 15,000 people between 16 and 25 were diagnosed with opioid abuse within a year of receiving initial opioid prescriptions from dentists in wow. 2015. So that's 900 people. Just okay. All off. right. And then they did a control group in comparison. Uh, they did another group of uh, who were diagnosed... Um, with, let's see, what does it say here? In comparison, 4% in a similar group who didn't uh, get dental opioids were you know, diagnosed. Dina. Right, so that's about 300 people wow. we can probably attribute out of that 900. Directly to directly, getting, starting yeah. opioid use with their yep. dental yep. work. Yep. Wow. And uh, boy, there's all kinds of other interesting things in this wow. article. It's a very long article, but um, 
there is a, a person they spoke with um, that's that's a dentist, and well, let's just put it this way: there's insurance involved, of okay, course. Of course. And last year there was seventy-one thousand, um, you know, claims, thirteen to thirty of you know, folks of that age who had their wisdom teeth removed between two thousand nine. Were you in two thousand nine? Before the after? It was that? before that. Okay. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Those who filled opioid prescriptions were two times, 2.7 times, almost three more likely than those who didn't take home opioids to be uh, filling opioid prescriptions. Wow. The, the, the idea wow. here is that, you know, that's why you call it an addiction, right? Yeah. So apparently okay. stuff really was hitting people hard. So in general, um, patients like this woman's son uh, face almost triple the risk. Wow. So there, there you go. Okay. So another person. Um this, the lead author of the study, uh, Kalista Harbaugh, um, she's, the, she's the one that's saying, you know, we can't, I can't believe this is happening. We're prescribing narcotics to kids and teens. Um, and it's dentists that are doing right. this. They could be playing an outsized role in the opioid epidemic. Wow. So, and I, I wonder, okay, is there anything about telling the dentist this? I mean, yeah, they okay. know now. Uh, All right. You know there's vast over-prescribing of opioids. Okay. Duh. But then they spoke to another professor. Um, and in a dentist as uh -huh. well, this is a quote. Dentists are also business owners. They want their patients, they don't want their patients to say, I was in agony, I have to ask. Oh. They, they want them to think, you know, this was fine, everything's good. It, it, oh, okay. I was able to get the, you know. So they don't want their patients going around telling people, my yeah. dentist, you know, my dentist won't give me any pain medication. Yeah. Oh. It, it didn't hurt at all. I went in. It was great. When, when we know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a brutal, like I said, you know, it's a bit brutal. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. I discovered my favorite drug of choice, which is called nitrous oxide, for exactly that reason. Really? Because I cannot take, I, I can't take uh, opiates, mm -hmm. I discovered nitrous oxide. Is that stuff that makes your your, I love your voice it. go really high? In, well, helium, if you sorry. Do, it's helium. No, no, not your, no. This is why I can't work in a dental office because what's really cool about that is it knocks you out at the same time. There's no hangover like drinking. But what I could say is, you they could use that instead of the pain. I'm just saying they could. There's other options. I mean, I you're there's right. other options. So Ramesh and. <clears throat> Nalaya is mm. this professor and also, a, you know, a dentist, and um, he's pretty clear about this. He has quit prescribing opioids. Oh, okay. Period. Okay. Quote, I don't want to be responsible for someone becoming addicted to opioids. I personally think we can cut opioid prescribing in dentistry to less than half of what we do now. So that's a pretty damning um, wow. assessment of what's going on. Other dentists, uh, a person they cited here, uh, Angela Rake, uh, she slashed hers by a high amount as well, okay. and she had personal experience with this. Her her brother had been given um, opioids wow. for treatment of cancer, and he was an attorney, a young attorney, and, well, let's put it this way, he fell victim to being... Being uh, addicted. Yeah, addicted. Aww. Her attorney brother was a heroin addict living on the streets of Seattle Aww, last time. That they, so sorry to hear know, that. Check in. So... Uh, you know, I want to do a shout out if I can, uh, and I'll wait for the letters to show up. <laughs> it's two Z's at the end of my name, by the way. Uh, so who do we have? Who's responsible for for making this happen? In other words, dentists have a business to run. They have to get these drugs from somewhere. Someone visits them and says, you know, 
Oh, I know who you're talking about. Could it be? <laughs> Big Pharma. Big Pharma. And their pharmaceutical reps. Could it be? That oh, they, we've done stories about this. Pharmaceutical industry has yes. repeatedly misled doctors, dentists, yes, and the have. public about the addictive nature of opioids. Is yes, that they possible have. that Purdue Pharma, two Zs, and <laughs> Recently, as you know, three yes. executives pleaded recently yeah. in federal court uh, uh, about OxyContin. Yes, they did. You know, and saying, well, it's not really that big of a deal. It's, it's just mildly, you know, it's, I don't think it'd be that, you know, addictive. Right. It'd be fine. Um, and then I want to do a shout out to the folks that own um, Purdue Pharma. Oh, yeah. That'd be the Sackler family. Oh, they've been in the news yeah. lately. Two Zs and an A. Uh, <laughs> we'll wait to hear from your attorney. And uh, as you know, what happened in Oakland, they lost uh, big time. About yes, they did. Seventy million, uh, big time. Yes, they did. They got worth. hit. They got hit. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the idea here is it's just more than dentists of course. Um, prescribing meds. It's it's a whole pharmaceutical industrial complex. And what was particularly um, dis disturbing to me and, and rather disgusting is that this this is tying it directly to getting kids involved. Exactly. By doing something as benign as going into the dentist to right. get their wisdom teeth out. So there's more here, but she also mentions Prince who, you know, apparently was a very, um, lived a pretty clean life mm -hmm. and had a religious practice mm -hmm. that really would not allow him to take opioids. So there's speculation, this doctor speculating that, you know, I wonder if his pain the mismanagement of his pain caused his untimely death. So it just hits so many levels. Yes, this it article does. hits so many. Wow. Yes, it does. But, uh, well, you thank you for bringing that. Wow. There's so, there's so much more. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I think just every time we talk about this and we think about, you know, what do we need to pay attention to? Right. And, you know, it's not something that people think about in terms of dental work. Now, I know recovering people do because in residential treatment, it's usually the first appointment they require <laughs> because they actually like to go to the dentist because then they come yeah. back with nice big full bottles of Vicodin. So, yes. so people who are already addicted are well, well aware of this dental connection. Um, but, uh, the rest of the population would have no idea that this is a good place to get opiates. And partly because, again, lack of information and training. Um, yeah. Because I don't even know that they have a course or anything that they learn about this. Like most MDs are not trained uh, around the uh, addiction and process. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they even this article even expands into the notion of well-meaning doctors prescribing uh, things for sports injury and minor right. surgeries and go. all that. And I just think to myself, you know, uh, it wasn't that way when I was younger. You know, we, you really did only get maybe some ibuprofen and, and I don't know, something else. What was it like, like the like the heavy duty Mo, um, Motrin or something like yeah, like six times the normal thing. But anyway, yeah, it was ibuprofen. That's right. I mean, yeah. you know, if you sprain something, right, right. You, we just didn't have all the this this issue. Yeah. You know, and, and then you kind of learned about your own pain and your own threshold and you kind of worked with it. Right. These days, no one has any pain. They really don't know how to deal with it if they do have it. Well, the problem is if you if you medicate the pain too much, you, then you re-injure yourself, right? Yes, because that's, that's the thing. You take your back medication, then you go out and garden and you don't even notice you're hurting. Yeah. And then you injure yourself again. So, yeah. That was because you didn't have a wheel on the... <laughs> 
You know what? I have another garden tool story for you today. I know you're going to love it. I'm just waiting for you to come in with a cast on. Okay. Yeah, that's so that's. Wow! Thanks for bringing that. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. America's dentist. Yeah, American dentist. Okay. Two Z's. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Okay. All right. Well, boy, it's now time with for our ethics challenge. Should we use the the last article as our ethics challenge? You want to do that? Because there's challenging ethics in there. No, oh, no. go you ahead. Can do whatever you want. Oh, you mean the you mean you want to use the um there, aren't the ethically dental challenged? One? I mean some of the folks that are prescribing. Oh, of course, for, oh, absolutely. I think it's bizarre. That is bizarre. That oh, is bizarre. Yeah. But I was thinking more specifically um, about our our counselors acting badly because I have an article particularly, and so um, addiction counselors, if you're an addiction counselor, get out your CCAP ethics codes and follow along. We have a link. To our atypicalpodbean.com. Um, so I'm going to read this story, okay. and then you can tell me. Uh, we can. And I'm going to get mine out also, okay, so yeah. we can sort of take a look at it. There we go. I've gotten feedback. The people really love this part of our show. They actually challenged? do. They love counselors acting badly. Oh, I thought this we're is challenged. yeah. Well, we of course, obviously, we're challenged oh, in so many ways. Yeah. But um, yeah, apparently this is a hit. So all right, <laughs> let's go. Okay, so this is called "Why Judges Ruling on Patient Brokering May Upend Prosecutions." <laughs> this is very disturbing. Like dozens of others charged with patient brokering since prosecutors began the crackdown on Palm Beach County's illicit drug treatment industry. (laughs) Um, James Keeger blames his legal woes on bad advice he received from his attorney. The excuse, once dismissed as idle finger pointing this week, became a powerful tool Keegar and other treatment center operators can use to help them beat charges that they used recovering addicts to get rich. In a ruling praised by defense attorneys and threat to upend State Attorney David Ehrenberg's war on the county's runaway sober home industry, Circuit Judge Laura Johnson paved the way for those charged with patient brokering to drag their attorneys into court to prove that they thought what they were doing was legal. Quote, a defendant may assert the advice of counsel defense when charged with violations of the Florida patient brokering statute. Johnson wrote in a six-page order released Wednesday. Further, she ruled that Ehrenberg's prosecutors must prove that those who are accused of paying kickbacks to have patients referred to their drug treatment centers knew what they were doing was illegal. Before her ruling, prosecutors simply had to prove that kickbacks were paid. It's a great ruling, says Hollywood attorney David Frankel, who represents Kigar. Oh, yeah. Kigar is a 57-year-old Boca Raton man charged with 147 counts of patient brokering Mm -hmm. in connection with his operation of Whole Life Recovery Treatment Center in Boynton Beach. And he claims his attorney helped him set up his operation. And so Kigar is also represented by attorneys at the powerful global law firm Baker Hostetter. Mm. The state attorney's office blasted Johnson's rulings, it will make it impossible for prosecutors to pursue unscrupulous drug treatment center operators who are trading cash for patients, Assistant State Attorney Justin Chapman said in court papers filed Wednesday. The practical effect of this court ruling would be to legalize kickbacks and split fee arrangements in private health care, and such a ruling would render the Patient Brokering Act meaningless. So, he's asking the judge to uh, reconsider, and if she won't, he's going to appeal to the 4th sure. District Court of Appeal. Yeah. And if it is appealed, it's likely the prosecution of dozens of other patient brokering cases would cease until they get this figured out. 
So this doesn't make sense. To it's it's incredible. Now, it's, so yeah. it's going to the district court, which I I it must be overturned because here's the rationale I'm hearing in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So let's say you were on your way to the podcast today to the lovely studios. <laughs> of the, our expansive atypical, atypical closet studios yes if you've seen the picture on our podcast website uh it's two chimps and that's yeah. <laughs> yes, it pretty is. much how the office looks pretty much well. it so when you you said you're gonna be a little bit late today yeah right? and so um you, let's say you were just driving really fast and and you weren't aware of the actual posted speed limit in the neighborhood you were speeding through right. at the time, trying to get to the atypical podcast. Exactly. Would you still get a ticket? Absolutely, even I would. Even though you didn't know the posted speed limit? They would show me no sympathy, yeah. uh, even, if, even if I did try to cry. Yeah, yeah, there, that's still your, a ticket. There, there you go. I think this is not going to go anywhere. It makes about zero sense. Well, here's what Keeger claims his original attorney, Lynn, a former Boca Raton assistant city yeah. attorney, told him he could pay sober home operators, quote, case management fees mm-hmm. to send patients to his treatment center. I see. And then Lynn said the sober home operators could be compensated from the money Keegar received from the patient's insurers. The big payoff for treatment center operators came from ordering expensive and unnecessary tests mm-hmm. of recovering drug addict urine, again. Yeah, we love Insurance that. would pay as much as $5,000 for one drug screening, which it's is insane. Insane. Yeah. So, and scores of tests were ordered each day. <clears throat> However, interestingly enough, in a deposition in an unrelated case, Attorney Lynn said he never had presented Kegar. In fact, he said when he talked to the drug treatment center operators, he made it clear that they should be mindful of the state's patient brokering law and make sure they didn't violate it. He says you cannot pay for a patient, you cannot pay for referral, which was his advice, you cannot induce or pay a patient to patronize your treatment center, and you can't use any artifice or marketing as a way to kick back to break that law. So, Lynn says, no, actually, I never did serve as your attorney. Exactly. They're they're claiming malpractice against attorneys. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's pretty, pretty amazing. And according to Lynn, he never even represented him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, there we go. Yeah, I don't. We'll see. You know, Mar a Lago. That's oh, right. <laughs> in, in Palm Beach. In Palm Beach. Yeah, Palm Beach. Who could be? Who could be doing cyber espionage? Even as That's right. speak, breaking into Mar-a-Lago. Right now, Mar-a-Lago. You have somebody walking into Mar a Lago with a bunch of drugs. <laughs> Doesn't matter. As long as they pay. As long as they're not illegal, As long damn as they're it. not illegal. That's right. They can get in. So basically, you know, we, we have several, I would say, here in Principle One, we've got advertising, marketing, and promoting programs in a false and misleading manner. Um, what else would you well, say? I, I think there's, well, that's securing a credential, but it's it's misrepresenting a, um, where would that be? Misrepresenting well, a... Well, no, advertising's D. Yeah. Yeah. I, I there's also under two boundaries. Yeah, and there's legal definitions of case management. That one cracked me up. Yeah, case management, right. Uh, under B, they got engaging in a business relationship within one year of the termination. So they were clearly already engaged in business. So pretty much. Um, oh, and then failing to inform clients about financial policies because the clients didn't get any part of that kickback. No, they have. No, Not no, at all. They weren't part of it. Not at all. And they would have liked They would have liked, they would have liked to have a little part of that $5, kickback. $5,000. Exactly, they would. And. So there we go. Basically, it's the attorney's fault because they gave me bad advice by not telling me it was illegal to buy patients. Let's come on. Blame the attorney. Come on. That's a new one. It is. It is indeed. It does sound like uh, someone we know. Yes, it does. At the national level. (laughs) 
<laughs> Actually, he, he that that guy I think should sit on you know the cabinet. Don't he you? could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah. He a cabinet member. Right He'd there. be a great cabinet member. It's always someone else's fault, don't you know? Huh. There we go. Well, that was that was interesting. Next time we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get some of those really juicy ones in there now. Too. Okay. Like, Absolutely. Like. Uh, well, there's a couple that came out this week that I'm I'm hoping are, to score pretty, for next time. Are pretty gnarly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, all no. Right. We'll get an early one. All right. All right. We'll get them in there. So, uh, thank you for again uh, just brightening my day. <laughs> <laughs> With now that we've attacked dentist and attorneys, the dentist and attorneys, <laughs> and just the lovely people in Palm Beach. I just it's a shout out, shout out to you. So uh, it's always a good time after hearing some of these to shift our focus into, you know, relapse prevention and okay. ways people are staying sober, okay. kind of having a good life. So excellent. this is out of Boston and I'm going to try not to do a Boston accent okay. like that. But um, this is from the pilot, which is in um, South Boston. It's the, the title of the article is literature, uh, literature. Let me read it. Okay. Liturgy. Liturgy. Yes. yes. Oh, series okay. focuses on addiction and recovery. So this oh, is a series of churches that got together in this joint project, three ministries in uh, South Boston. Okay. Got together um, to see what they could do to help help folks um, come together and maybe reconnect with, if they were in a spiritual practice, reconnect with the spiritual practice or maybe even reconnect with other people, maybe reconnect connect with services. It cool. Be all kinds of things. Okay. So the notion is um, this particular community has been really hit hard um, by the addiction and overdose deaths. Um, mm -hmm. it, in fact, they use the term severe. Um, one of the deacons here, Paul Klein, uh, Klein has uh, told the pilot, which is this, this paper. Um, so enough of these folks got together and said, what can we do? Can we, you know, it just have to be some kind of elegant program, and, and really it's not. It's just simply they're opening their doors and holding these these services that wow. are, for them, they describe them as fellow uh, Anthony uh, Andretolo, Tola, I'm sorry, uh, described it kind of this way. For people in recovery who wanted to explore their spirituality at a greater depth than traditional AA or 12-step meetings, that okay. that might allow. So... The idea was they opened the church up and they were just saying, here, look, we just thought it might be time to try something different where we can celebrate recovery mm -hmm. and struggle the fight and also remember the people that have passed uh, okay. and kind of honor them. So you're so, saying they actually wrote their own liturgy. Yeah, they, they came wow. in and they kind of, and it's based on, um, there's a recovery component to it. Okay, yeah. Uh, but you don't have to be in recovery. You oh, can just show right. up and you're accepted. Oh, wow. And okay. so, for example... Um, there was this idea, and it, to them, this is an experiment. You know, they're opening the door to everyone that would would show up. Okay. Um, and so here's this guy that, that, that he's recounting, this, this fellow Anthony's recounting. I had a guy come in with his whole family, and we talked to him after, and he said, wow, I can go to church with my family, and my recovery is front and center, and it's being honored and respected. Wow. And that's really cool because it's normalizing it, and it's, it's destigmatizing it. Absolutely. And it's also reunifying that family. Maybe they were estranged, you know. So, it's a, yeah. Uh, I, I thought. Well, yeah, it kind of creates recovery as part of the family ethic. That's part lovely. Of, part of the family ethic. Yeah. So, the, the deal is they, they had the first two liturgies um, took place at a couple of the, the churches, um, but the 
reviews have been really cool. Um, people are having a really good time. Wow. They don't. What's interesting is they said when they're there, um, they reach certain crisis points with people, um, but they don't offer any particular solution. So oh, wow. they've they've kind of learned the first lesson about just being present. Yeah, just listening and not in. trying to solve it. And maybe a little MI, you know. Wow, right? motivational yeah. interviewing. Yeah. 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 So, so that's pretty cool. So they've gotten some good um, feedback. Um, and again, it's just a, a place for people to come in and and be open. Um, here's the, the deal. Um, he goes on to say, addiction, like any illness, like any adversary, changes our life story. And some of the pages in our story that have been written by the disease can very be very hard to read, and some memories are very painful to uh, touch. Yes, so they are. The idea is to kind of set the pain and shame and bitterness that make people kind of run away. Uh-huh. This is an option to get them That's connected wonderful. again. And, and it sounds to me like a very loose option, um, which is good. You know, there's no great organization. You're not coming into a program. You're not right. you know, expected to do anything. Um, you're just there to, to be, and, and the idea here... He goes on, um, this is Amy who spent 38 years in recovery, shared okay. her experience um, in going and helping. So it's drawing people in recovery wow. there as well. to actually come and do service. Yes, yes, yes. I think it draws people into this service and makes them feel more comfortable with identifying as being in recovery because there's so much stigma related to that. Um, so, uh, you know, I... That's wonderful. That's, you know, that, and that's a model that can really be easily replicated. Yeah, yeah, it's it, to me. It's just a natural extension of being a human being, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I like this. It's it's uplifting. Yeah. There's no uh, golden, golden uh, what uh, what liquid gold. No, no, There's nobody's no, selling urine. This yeah. is not in Palm Beach. It's in Boston. Okay. Uh, and you know. It's but that idea of of good. the different face coming together too makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, to me, I thought it was pretty cool. It's it well, you know, SAMHSA actually has a um, <clears throat> has a, a tip or like a treatment provider thing for the uh, for clergy. Oh, they they do for how to help clergy work with their uh, parishioners more effectively and to teach clergy about addiction. So there, there is such an animal. And I think that's important because they they see it all the time. Yeah, and they don't necessarily know. What to do about it? Yeah, they're in the front line. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, anyway, good for them. Yeah, good lovely, for lovely them. Story and very, you know, made me feel better after the other one. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Now, now we come to our last section: humility check moment. This uh, section reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously. A key to burnout prevention and humility. Okay. What's so, the last word? Oh, humility. Humility. Who oh. wants to go first? Oh gosh. You uh, want to go first? Well, I can go first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's up I, to you. We, you and I were having a, this really interesting discussion before we started. Yeah. So I can actually share a couple. I've, I've had problems with directions lately, so I'll go into that one in a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you, you're talking about people who are licensed, and you know how we all get we all get wrapped up in our roles. Right. Like I have a role and a title or a degree, and you do. You right. Have, all these different things, and people get really embedded in that lens system that they have. Yes, they do. And um, the the goal here would be to kind of take ourselves out of that lens systems and understand there's things we need to learn at all times. You know, learn, grow, repeat. Okay. <clears throat> so some of you know I might have uh, said this before. I was involved with 
aviation and aircraft and I got to actually touch them and <laughs> and yeah, I can't to date to this day I can't believe that I actually <laughs> did engineering and wow. aircraft. But yes, you did. I remember when I first and I told might have told this story offline before, um, I first got my licenses, you know. Uh-huh. I had my first job in aeronautics and wow. I was like an exuberant pronking animal going wow. out to the first airplane. And I grab it and I get in, I start taxiing it over, and then I, I hear this voice like get to the hangar. Son, step away from the aircraft. Oh, step away from, <laughs> step the, away from the aircraft. <laughs> so I thought I was going to do the simplest thing oh, on his no. airplane. And this, this old fellow Joe, who's okay. no longer with us, who is a lovely man, uh, he, he, he stepped, son, step away from the was, aircraft. Different era. But, wow, yeah. And I stepped away. And the notion being, yeah, we know you got your all these licenses and stuff. And we know you went to school and blah, 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 yeah. blah. But... You still don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're still dangerous. Don't think you're really going to fly don't it. Don't think you're going to do anything without us watching you for about a year or two. Wow. And that was how it worked. Wow. So all that coaching and mentoring, and then I really got to learn. Okay. I learned through other people. Well, you learned all the stuff that's yeah. not in the books. So I had what was I construe, and maybe you construe, mm-hmm. as a license to learn. That's all. Oh, good I didn't point. have a license that was a terminal point where I knew everything. I just, that was point. the starting point for the next phase. Um, I love that. So Sunstep away. Yeah, yeah. Sunstep away from the aircraft. <laughs> I might even say it to some of you sometimes. That is a funny phrase, but Please. I think it's it's well said. Step away from the client. It's right. <laughs> all you need here now, no technique is required. <laughs> just listen. Just empathy. And just empathy. You don't need a technique for that. You don't have to yeah. go to school. That's right. It's just called empathy and yeah. caring and yeah. compassion. And I have, for you. I have millions of those types of stories. But Good the one that's you. been most concerning to me lately, and I must be overwhelmed, some of us know there's a local mental health agency. Um, I wasn't seeking their services, but I was going to meet someone <laughs> there uh, locally. And, okay. uh, I was driving, and I had just, you know, I like to go through the neighborhoods and stay off the big streets, and I needed to make a right turn. I just made a, uh, I'm sorry, left turn. I made a right turn and just drove over to where we normally meet with our local drug and alcohol um, providers oh, wow. with the county. Okay. You just, and I parked. Like a lemming. You just like went a straight lemming. Yeah. to where we meet. And then I drove in and I was ready to park. I'm like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be at Momentum <laughs> for Mental Health. That's a free ad. <laughs> free ad for Momentum for Mental Health. So I turned around, <laughs> got back wow. on the road. Automatic pilot. Yeah, that was a goes right on over to the that county. Was about a seven, eight minute little wow. Yeah, meeting with one of your colleagues. Oh, good. You know, yeah, um, Doctor Richardson. Oh, and, I love uh, her. Yeah. yeah, Stacey Richardson. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, there you go, folks. It happens to all of us, and I'm not sure what that means now. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's being overwhelmed. It might be. You got a lot. You got you got a big kingdom that you're juggling here. We don't know. You got yeah. But okay. this has happened more. I've this has happened more lately. Oh well, you might be. I might be. You know. Got a lot on your mind, buddy. I'm going to have to adjust. I think more often people might have to say to you, chocolate. step away from the vehicle. Step away from the coffee machine. Step away from, if I start hearing that, step away, step away from the butter knife. Okay. <laughs> we know we're in trouble. <laughs> okay. Okay, well. This is my ridiculous story, and I again I, I save it for you because it involves garden 
my my blower. You know, the, my the, my the electric, blower. The blower. The power tool. Power tool. And I know how much you love that. Is okay. this one a gas one or electric? No, it is electric. Okay. It's oh, electric. That, you know, that's which is which more. is of course plugged into the horrifying scenario that you already I'm, know about. Yeah, I'm afraid of this part. <laughs> yeah, this, any of the electricity in you? I'm, okay. Go, go. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, so this this is probably about a month ago, but there was there was a ridiculous amount of weeds in my front area, and in my not weeds but leaves, and I have like that volcano little rock thing. So you can't rake; you have to actually blow the leaves off of the volcanic rock to get it. To What's go a, okay, I don't understand. You have a volcano. And you know, I have the volcano. You have know, the little black rocks. Yeah. In the front. Okay, yeah. those are called volcanic. Volcanic. Okay. Okay. So. Like lava rocks. Uh, there you go. Okay. So I pull them off. I, I'm blowing, 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 and and then I'm and then I had the car to blow them into a pile. I got I got a I I, I, I was blowing them toward the street to make a pile, and I, and I got them I got them on the street, but the pile was very cattywampus, and and I thought that is unacceptable looking pile for my neighbors to have to be looking at. I need to I need to do something about that pile. Well, the thing is, Gary, <laughs> I didn't notice or didn't it didn't the significance of the fact there was a car parked by oh, no. the pile did not hit me. <laughs> did not dissuade you from your path. Go, 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 go. So I go into the street and I start to try to blow my pile one direction. And all of a sudden, the car is covered with leaves. <laughs> so then I have to try to blow the leaves. Oh, did it rain? Did it rain? Were they sticking? No. Oh, and then I had to blow all the leaves oh, off gosh. the car that I covered them on. And so now they're in the middle of the street, Gary. Jeez. <laughs> I don't. So now this pile has gone from cattywampus to oh. strewn. <laughs> At this point, I'm praying that you ran out of cord and it just unplugged and you couldn't do any more damage. Finally, finally, I surrendered the blower. I, I stepped away from the blower. <laughs> I put the blower down and I went, this is going to call for a broom. Blow it down. So I had to go get my big broom, and I had to try to reclaim all the leaves I'd blown up and down the street because I was trying to get them off the car once I'd blown them on a the car to try to get them back to some semblance of a pile. There you go, Gary. It was horrifying. And so a job that should have taken 15 minutes. Your neighbors. Easily took 40. I think they have a YouTube channel, unbeknownst to you, and it's you in your yard. Attempting to garden. And, and, I, and attempting to garden. And I think there's, and if neighbors, if you hear that, that's what I do because I think it's going to earn a lot. Well, I'm telling you what, along with that, I had an equal pile problem that I discovered, I discussed it with my class on Monday because I had, I had, I had also done a huge weed pile. Pulled a bunch of weeds and I had me a big old pile. In fact, it was such an impressive pile on Monday. I took a picture. You need an intervention. I know. <laughs> and I'd not know, but I got a big pile. So I took a picture of it. So Monday morning, I get ready to go to school and I and I parked the back out and somebody has driven a big ass truck through my pile and dragged my weeds. Oh, so you got weeds all over? Down the, pot, down the street. Oh, no. So I have to put my car and stop. And go get out the big brush. It's Once called, again, it's called park. I'm in the middle of the street, <laughs> shoving all the weeds back into some semblance of a pile. And then I had to go to class and have a discussion because I chose to use it for cognitive behavioral therapy discussion. I was trying to illustrate. <laughs> I used this incident. 
of cognitive behaviorals because it's talking about stimulation like an event causes um, distorted thinking, which then causes distorted behavior. You know, there's distorted thinking you have is really with power tools and gardening. You have lots of distorted thoughts around that. I'm not sure why. Because I'm not the therapist you are. There's an issue. There's an issue. So, so my students wanted to see the pile, but fortunately I'd taken a photo. So I was able to, while telling the story, have up on the big screen Check the YouTube my side. pile. <laughs> and they agreed that it was a mighty fine pile. Okay. And that whoever had run through it with their truck had it's, obviously had pile envy. It's a malicious thing. <laughs> I would say this. I want to ask you a serious question. Okay. Are blowers and like getting all the leaves in a certain place, is this like a, a latent um, kind of herding mentality? <laughs> I, I do. Mean, I do what? like it to be organized. My little pile to be organized. Yeah. I do. I mean, work on that one. I mean, let's yeah. get back to me. Let's revisit that one. I know. And it, then, you know, yeah. I want to check the YouTube site. Too. It was <laughs> okay, pictures of some. We've even identified the car that drove through your pile. It was a. You should see the size of the tires. You need cameras in front of you. It was a big. It was a big tires. So it was someone who clearly had pile envy. That was the class decision. Pile envy. We decided he had pile envy. I. I, I was there just hoping go. that the, the cord would be unplugged. <laughs> And save yourself, but it didn't happen. You know. Well, there you go, Gary. There, there's a couple of my, 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 my. I love to talk about tools with you. Never I save them up. Never Very good. Okay. Because we're our fine. You see your hands. I know. Well, there's <laughs> ten. There's ten there, folks. I'll drive all my yeah, fingers. They're there. They're yes, there. I do. And um, it says, I don't know if. It, do you know if it's going to rain this weekend? Because I need I have more gardening to do. A little bit of rain. Okay. <laughs> um, don't use the blower. On this you rain. know what? Because my next gardening no, task. No blower. Electrical. No, rain. no, no. My next gardening task is going to include the hedge trimmer. Right. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. All right. You heard it here first. We hope to see you next week. <laughs> I'm sure more ridiculousness will prevail. It, it shall. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you'll join us in the future. Be sure and subscribe to Atypical and tell other people you know who need ridiculous support in the addiction area. We're here. Indeed. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.